Uh, just a quick introduction. Uh, my name is Hugo Worthy. I'm the Exhibitions Officer at New York Museum and Art Gallery. I'm going to be chairing this session. Um, and this is Professor Catherine McDermott, who is the head of MA Curating Design at Kingston University. She's going to give a presentation uh, for about 10 15 minutes, and then we'll be into kind of open question and answers session, if that's okay. Okay, it's, it's perfect. And I, I, I've told Hugo at the stroke of 10 minutes, he's to whip my chair from under me <laughs> or, or, or something. Possibly not so violent. Right, I just wanted to, to try and summarise some thoughts for you, to try not to give you too much of a pitch for my MA curating programme, which I'm just going to move on to, which I run with the Design Museum. Now, international. We've got a little bit of, our, I think, a bit of an <coughs> experience and USP on the course. Right from the beginning of the course, which is now in its 11th year, we had about a third Asian curators, uh, China, uh, Korea, uh, Japan, about a third what I'm going to call other international, that could be America or Canada, um, Australia, and then about a third home. Oh, that's, sorry, I'm, I'm grabbing a... There's plenty And right from the start, we realised, in fact, I forgot to mention Africa, and we realised that we wanted to, well, use that international diversity. And we started to specialise, or at least focus on cultural diversity and curating. And then, and I'm just specifically going to talk about China, really is just a way in, and I'm keeping my eye on five minutes. And I just wanted to use China as a bit of a case study, I don't know if any of you are interested or have projects that you're up and running in, in, in China, but I just wanted to share with you some of our, our experiences. Now, when I go around London, um, or indeed anywhere, everybody wants to have a partnership with China. And uh, I, th I think many are called, as they say, and few are chosen. And certainly, so far, we have not quite been chosen. And we... Have struggle a little bit and we're now we've decided we're in for the long haul so we've been working on Chinese projects I'd say we deliver about two a year I'll tell you a little bit about what those are this year since 2004 so I go to China about twice a year I'm just off to Hangzhou next two weeks time and then Beijing in November to deliver a British Council project so what I suppose, I'm just going to flip, I, I just showed you a little view of our, our curating group at the V&A, the, the, the Africans, that's our visiting African, uh, South African, uh, and we're a, a diverse group, I, I don't want to. And I suppose the big thing is, when I go to China, first of all, they don't understand too much what curating is, they definitely are not maybe so sure of what curating design is, but I guess sometimes we're not so sure ourselves, so that's kind of part, part of it. But when we start working with the universities and the museums, I think there's two big things. If you say, what, what are the things that kind of instantly hit you or impact you about China? And I think the first is one really obvious thing, but... I sort of never thought of it until I actually went into Shanghai 
uh, <coughs> museum for the first time, and I suddenly realised that there was only Chinese objects in the museum. Now, I was brought up and lived in Rochdale, which um, has had its little museum along with all the other mill towns and, of course, Manchester. And in that museum, there was a little idea of the world. There was a little bit of Egypt from John Bright, and there was a little funny old boring impressionist paintings that somebody had bought and a mill owner. But, but basically, I could see the world, sort of, in Rochdale, but I hadn't realised that, of course, Chinese collections had not bought internationally. Uh, there, you couldn't just walk into the centre of Shanghai and say, I fancy seeing a Rodin, or I've kind of got a bit of an urge to have a check on some Aztec stuff because I'm doing a project. At the, you, you can't. So that was a very simple fact, plus the fact that those museums invested in a kind of, let's say, a big government initiative. I haven't, I've travelled fairly widely, but not China is massive, so I'd be an idiot if I said I knew China very well. But I've travelled fairly widely. And the quality of curation and the quality of exhibitions and the quality of input is, uh, is fantastic. But China builds lots of new museums, and I've equally been into hundreds of museums, which, as far as I'm concerned, are totally empty. I exaggerate, but as far as I can see, they are. And we wanted to go and sell UK expertise and innovation, say, look, you know, we're fantastic at curating and we can share things and help you and work together and we can do things and build a kind of international, well, work projects, collaborative projects. It, for us, it's meat and drink. We love collaborative projects and we rather like to fancy ourselves as having lots of experience delivering them. But we do do have struggles. And, and the first is, I guess, well, the language. So we thought, OK. One of the things people say, don't come to China and say, well, we want all your students for our new BA in communication design. No. Send us 100 in year one and 1,000 in year three. Thank you. You have to go and you have to offer as in any relationship, something valuable and, and thoughtful and useful to the partner you wish to engage. So we went to a wonderful post-war charity and said to them, we want every year to go to a museum and say, we'll, we'll offer a fully paid up scholarship for fees and living. And these kind of will be uh, ambassadors, pilot of collaboration, and this will build up and the Sino British Fellowship has given us another five years and it will be a wonderful future. And indeed, we have had the most fantastic you know, kind of benefits and projects and I could dig deep into each one and tell you a little bit about them, but no time. But the major thing is that we can't really recruit the Sino curator and you're going to say to me, oh, ridiculous, Catherine. There isn't a country in the world where you can't flog a free scholarship and you know, you're, you're mobbed. <laughs> but the thing is that if we go to the museums, such as the protocol, such as the, 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 the... It's very difficult to find a person who can be signed off for the year. We have just come up against what I'm going to call a maybe a process or a procedural difference in approach. So... 
I laughingly, you know, congratulated myself on the marvel of my scheme. And I just really thought as it went on, okay, this is going to have to maybe have a different kind of approach. And we started looking at the private sector that, that that's done for who is in one of the more successful Beijing and Shanghai independent, you know, they're, they're very well known for promoting contemporary Chinese art and now they want to do design, of course we're interested in design and this is the design of Danfor Yang that's been bought by a number of museums. So, so, so it's just a little thing that the, you know, they're, they're doing well, the, these curating graduates and we keep, I keep going back and I keep thinking, okay, I'll work with a curator. One of my curators, um, Ting Ting Zhu, is a curator in the Long March Gallery. This is 751, or at least it's a mock-up of it. And I curated a little thing for the first Beijing Design Week. Sort of, you know, work together in collaboration seemed to me the right spirit. And it was very interesting, and we got a lot of nice feedback. We spent a lot of time translating some of the words that we were finding were too strange or couldn't, you know, design process or curating. And we spent all of the investment time in the project. If anybody speaks Mandarin, you're probably going to shout, jump up and say it's, it's rubbish. But we spent all the time in the project trying to perfect the translation. And, and by that, we sent it round to 20, 30 of our colleagues, more getting back feedback so that we could demonstrate some some collaborative thing and, and some project with language. So we're talking to Kaffir about how we might do a language, you know, sort of a project with Michael Johnson. So all of these things we, we, we've been trying to do, but the idea that a museum or a university would come and, and that's a very funny old washed out picture of Ting Ting. So we have, I suppose, tried to do that and we've also worked closely with the British Council so for example Expo perfect opportunity for us we got some funding from mobility we sent students out tell me how many minutes I've got you go, you're, you're, you're doing fine I think you're my timekeeper <laughs> and amazingly for Shank <laughs> Britain's pavilion was actually the best in the whole pavilion, which I have to say is not often you can say that, but actually it was. <coughs> everybody said so, even even the Chinese. Everybody agreed that Thomas Heatherwick was a masterpiece. So we, we did a project in there. We felt, oh, this is great. You know, Shanghai, London, we're similar cities, ports. It's all going to be great. And indeed, the project was fine. It was great. It was good. And we did a whole series of follow-ups. But any, you know, anything... Major and we did a nice thing, the V&A, that, that, that was our follow-up, our legacy of the project. Our students did for, for London Design Festival, the, those are two and, um, of our students who've now gone on to do very well for themselves. And we did, included the, the um, <coughs> Chinese curators from China Academy for Art. So again, keep on with the collaboration, keep on with, you know, make sure everybody's working, everybody kind of um, is participating. And we did oh three minutes sorry. And we did little projects like we, we did a little magazine <coughs> last year, which the students did. Um, they invited a whole series of UK curators with an interest at the V&A. You probably know that um, 
uh, the Prime Minister. Cameron wants a China uh, year, so there's a whole thing coming from the V&A in the British Museum. So we had a little curating seminar, and then we published and translated a little magazine that we launched in London Design Festival and the first Beijing or Chinese Design Design Week. So we. We keep on coming back with various things. We did a little online curating project, very simple. Students work together, so they pick the best of China Academy. Everybody loves the best of degree shows, you know, top five. It's I always cuss my eye on that. So I knew it would be popular. And then the China students pick the best of the Kingston shows. So online, no cost, or but perfect little thing. So, so we, we've sort of started off, and that's just um, doing that. And then we basically went through to council and said, look, we're marvellous at these design projects. We can connect with, with China. And um, we managed to bluff our way in and convince them that this was, in fact, the truth. And so they have commissioned us to deliver a project on science curating which we have part of the Science Museum, which will be delivered to 40 Chinese universities this year. They all sign up there, do a curating brief. We have a little team, it's a bit like the X Factor, 40 start, 25, and then there's a big thing. Beijing, one wins. So if I can't crack the China market by November, then I'm going to go back to Rochdale. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, as chair, I'm hoping I can take the privilege of asking one question before we kind of open it up to the floor. Um, I guess what I want to start with is asking what you see as the, the differences between working internationally in the context of being a higher education institution and working internationally as uh, an arts display institution. Working internationally as an arts display institution or, or, or working as a, as a university? Well, I think one interesting thing for me, and I'm talking about China, I know, I know it's a big remit, and you've said international, so you're trying to steer me off China, but I'm going to stick with China if I may, because it, it, it's a point that I think possibly could be made or, um, in other scenarios, and that is the universities in China have a much more government policy capability. So, for example... I was at the Festival Hall yesterday. The Festival Hall in 1951, the British government called on the expertise of the Royal College and indeed Sheffield and, and, and Birmingham universities to deliver the Festival of Britain. Now, imagine that scenario for the Dome or 2000. I mean, the idea that the government would do that. Well, it would be ridiculous, or at least not ridiculous, but difficult to imagine. But when the Expo or when, for example, China Academy uh, have bought this massive Bauhaus collection, the universities deliver it, so there's a kind of, a bit more of a seamless thing. So we thought, get in with the universities and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to get into the exhibition world, we'll be able to you know, really make a leading contribution to the development of design curation. Uh, and so we kind of saw them at the same time. Um, and we've tried to sell some design museum exhibitions singularly without any success whatsoever. So we sort of felt that, I mean, if you parachute in to Beijing Design Festival, which I kind of sort of did, although they funded it, 
and you deliver it and do it with your own resources, it, it, it's fine. It's the partnership contractual stuff. So I suppose I'm saying countries, horses for courses, and the context of each country, it, you imagine you, you can sort of negotiate it, but I don't know. Okay. Um, can I open it up to, to the floor now? We have some questions for Catherine. I have lots if there aren't immediate questions. <laughs> so, no one else wants to. Oh, okay. you hinted at the, the, um, the difficulty because of the sort of social protocols. You suggest yeah. that actually it's, it's, it's such a level of complexity there that it's very, very hard to negotiate to, to move projects forward. And I just wonder what kind of time frame do you have for those sort of negotiations to take place? You know, if you're coming forward with a new a project, what kind of time frame would you suggest people should be working to to, to realise that? I mean, is it, is it, it with working with China or, or what? Well. Oh, hmm. I was just thinking, if people come to me and say, I've got a project. Right, well, I... And I say, you've got to, you've got to plan for two or three years hence. Uh, you you mean to months. deliver in China? So, so, well, maybe so, yeah. an exchange. Yeah, maybe it's an exchange. Maybe bringing people who work from China here, who mm. also want to return the confidence mm. I, I, I have a slightly different answer because it, 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 it's tricky. I mean, you know, many colleagues here, I'm sure, have very successful projects that, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I know Birmingham a little bit and I know they've got a very successful China Academy of Art project where they do a conference and it's a very successful collaboration and it works beautifully. Um, there's no reason why that couldn't go on for, I don't know, 100 years. But I think where we have been trying to focus our thoughts is how do you overcome the major obstacle, well, a major obstacle, which is language, in that none of my students, including myself, have any intention or desire to, to learn Mandarin. So there's an expectation that, you know, the project is delivered in... I mean, I think that's at the heart. You've got to kind of understand what communication you're going to use. Are you running the project in English? And I think if you are, and we are, you've got to do some risk assessment on... Oh, I'm sounding like my manager at Kingston, because I never do it. I don't really know what risk assessment is, so I don't know why I've said that. <laughs> but, however, you've got to know what you're letting yourself in for. And you've got to understand that's how you're running your project. And... I always think to myself, okay, how would it be if I got a letter saying, right, we're running the project here, but it's all going to be in Chinese, so, you know, snap to it and sort out Kingston pretty quickly, because this is all going to be happening in Mandarin. And I think, okay, how, how would I cope with that? Um, how would I find some way of communicating? And then all the, pro all the problem and that, that sort of thing would be on me to, to sort of resolve it. So we, <laughs> we've been trying to have a little think about that and just... You know, I, I'm fortunate in that we've had funding for eight of our curators for a month, month to Hangzhou, and despite all my best efforts, or slight efforts, their language skills in Chinese are limited. Okay, that's 
fair enough. But I've been trying to focus on how you're going to manage this. How, how, you know, don't just sort of swan in and you know get frustrated. And and how you how you how really are you going to manage it? So my long-winded answer is that you've really, I think, just got to think. Okay, what do you want out of it? Because that's what anybody thinks. And how would you how would you cope with that? Um, you said in the beginning that um, the museums were empty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you mean empty of audiences? Both. Empty Both. of content. Mm -hmm. I was taken to a museum in Dalian, which was presented, and indeed in, in, in Hangzhou, uh, presented as, you know, the latest... There was... Well, I exaggerate, but I'm not honestly not much. There was nothing in it. Mm -hmm. Nothing. So it was a massive building. It was like the size of the Guggenheim. So, um, in your collaborations, have you kind of approached them about curatorial and learning collaborations? Um, you know, how have you found your partners in terms of kind of thinking through issues of community engagement? Okay, well, one thing that we, we have done with China Academy of Art, which I don't know if, if anybody has any experience of the university sector, but with CAFA, it's, I don't know, it's like the two top art colleges in China. They both vie for who's the best. And whichever one is the best, that the, that, that, that they have a very high kind of understanding of their own brand. Um, and over the last, we've, this is our fifth curating project, which we, we deliver online, by the way. We share an online study space site, that, which the university administers only because China Academy of Art doesn't have the study space site. So they log on and they share resources and they can load up the files. It's sort of fairly simple. But for the first time, China Academy of Art, we said, no, we don't want to set the brief. We want you to set the brief. So they, China Academy, have set the brief. So it's kind of come in Mandarin and a sort of translation. It's not the brief that we are going to find very easy or maybe even want to do. But we've decided... You know, we've said, you set the brief. Well, they have, so we've just got to shut up and do it. And and it, it'll be fine. But part of the project they've chosen is a cultural community development of the Grand Canal. So we have then said, right, that's community development. Wraparound projects, engagement would be central to the thing. So, so I don't know if that quite answers your question, but... That's how we try and we're trying to negotiate, and maybe you know, back to your time frame, five years as it turns out was not really long enough. So maybe ten years is going to be more like it. Mm. But they don't. Uh, sorry. Is it, Chris, you, you specifically spoke about China, but mm. is this a prototype that you could see being able to convert to different? Yeah, because we're also doing, but I, dare, I didn't dare bring it up, a project in Africa. We're, I'm working with one of my graduates in Harare, and I'm going to Harare in, at Easter. And the idea is the online brief, which connects our makers with the business school at Kingston, which has got a, quite a good reputation, and the design school at Kingston. And they, the brief, the resource of the brief, we have offered, well, first of all, we've offered it to the Johannesburg VUT University, and they're going to do it. They've been over. So they'll just take the resources and do it, and we'll do a bit of mentoring. 
We've also offered it to the graphic design school in Harare, but for not for political reasons, but for, I'd say, logistical reasons, we haven't been able to sign it off with Harare. <coughs> but I hope to. So the idea is that it's a kind of... Um, well, it's, it, it's, it, it's a bit like Dream Lab. It's exactly the same. The 40 universities would go on and do this science. It's just, it's the, the, fundamentally, the project is just about communicating science. And that's something that would, I would argue, engage people in Buenos Aires or people in Lagos. So the idea is that we could offer this as a, I'm going to use the word gift, or at least an offering that has a value but we're not going to sort of charge for it. So that's that's the sort of thinking of sharing. So our, what, do our, what do we get out of it? Our students, we're thinking that our students won't be able, or anybody, won't be able to fly around flights and 600 pound trips to Beijing. They're kind of, well, they're not over yet, but they are over in the longer, longer term. So how are we going to manage? So, okay, you've got to, teach or learn a generation to talk online. So we've already done a few with Hongik in Seoul, for example. And actually, students like it. And it, it, there, <laughs> there are some things. But obviously, you know, if you've, you've got to have a little protocol of how it runs. But anyway. Is the value element still there, though, if it's just online? What's what to, you know, how does that? get shown on their end? Well, the process is quite simple in that if if you were the Korean group doing the project, you'd be divided into teams, you'd all work on the brief, you'd load up your thoughts or, or your proposals online or speak to your tutor here face-to-face, -face, but then you'd get online feedback from a number of different people, i.e. different cultural <coughs> perspectives. So that, that that's the value, the added value of agreeing to, to go down that road. So our Kingston students get a Korean professor saying, oh, I, I don't really understand, you know, it wouldn't work in Seoul and all, all the rest of it, so. Right, so I think there's a question over here, and then this lady. Yes, I mean, I've just got a question maybe, or a query more broadly to whether people in the room have had experience of um, what the challenges might be in taking a specific contemporary craft discussion, curation, you know, internationally. Uh, it's quite some time since I went to China, but my experience of going with, as a West Midland, in a West Midlands group of curators with very broad, you know, arts and, and contemporary craft sector was that the idea of a specific contemporary craft sector is, is still, um, I mean, it's not that there aren't practitioners, there are, but there's a, you know, there's a debate around the status of that, the, you know, the difference between traditional, um, you know, master craftsman uh, skill and, uh, and, you know, where the place is in galleries and uh, um, in, you know, the commercial side of it. So, um, you know, I think, you know, it's sometimes a challenge to, um, uh, you know, establish the contemporary craft debate uh, in this country. And I'm interested, in, you know, what people's thoughts are about that internationally or their experience of it. <laughs> Can I feed that back to Catherine, kind of with the addition that, as a curating design course, mm. are they kind of, do you then encounter these shifts in this kind of taxonomy of what craft is in different environments, but also what design is in different environments? I mean, 11 years ago we called it curating contemporary design because that seemed a really good thing to do. 
but actually design and the crafts, I mean, you may or may not know that, that we do a lot of work with the Crafts Council and we did a curating crafts conference. So it's very central. Now, as far as China goes, when I, at the heart of the African project is, is, is about making materials. So the idea is that UK universities have no making capacity at art schools anymore. The experience of making is very strong in Africa. We have marketing and other skills, so the two combined make a very interesting but equal partnership. That, that's the premise. And to go back to your question in China, actually, I have a little bit of difficulty selling the idea at, 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 often in the UK, but I had no problem selling it in China. They were more interested in my Africa project than they were in my Dream Lab science communication project because they are... In China, my understanding is the universities have been charged by government directives to focus on, um, you know, heritage, the craft, all, all these issues of saving traditional skills, of, of the terror of, you know, the Chinese Industrial Revolution, you know, and the crushing of, 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 of China-ness. And so they are alert and engaged and they definitely have a, it's high on the agenda. That 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 was my impression. That was my sort of impression. And when they established new art schools or design schools, which I went to see when about three years ago, the 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 Lushan Design Campus just outside Dalian, they invest a lot of money in studios. We don't. I mean, I don't know. If you go around, you know. I mean, I mean, workshops and that they've gone. I mean, there's obviously. All the, all the great, you know, kind of protests of, of all the closures of you know in ceramics and everything that are rushing through the UK. That's certainly not the situation in my, my looking at the art schools. So they don't, they don't see or un, you know have the same discipline divisions. So they kind of, if I try and explain it, they I don't, we don't get what you're talking about because for us traditionally rather like I don't know some of the great kind of modern movement our modern movement masters of the 1920s who were architects or artists who could you know apply their skills that's a kind of very strong I know you're nodding I don't know whether you're agreeing but it seems to me a very strong Chinese-ness that's how they they don't see that. They see that if you're a gifted person, you can go off and do textiles or go off and do glass. It, it, it's, but you have uh, some choices, I guess. Anyway. Maybe there's a question there? Um, uh, thank you. Um, the curation projects that, you, that you're involved in, were they for encouraging sort of local artists, so to speak, uh, contemporary art, or using their collections, or was it to bring people from abroad to China? You mean in China? Yeah, in the pro China. the projects that we've done. Um, no, no. The, 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 I, I would say not. I, I'd say the driver with every project that I do is is to get a job for the students on my course. That 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 that, I, I, that is really the major concern that we want to engage them with. What are the contemporary, interesting and important issues that they can contribute to? So we believe, for example, that communicating science is one of the big curating challenges that 
the curators need to address, whether they're in China. So that's the driver. We also believe that making and skills and the lack and the issue and the challenges is, is another equally absolute driver for where we are going and where we should be going. So that's why we focus in on those. Um, we, we wouldn't focus in on something we thought was interesting but just wasn't in that category. I'm trying to think of what might be in a... I, I don't make a... Find an example because I land myself into some sort of trouble. I know it, but 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 that that that's the that's the reason that that's that's where we that's how we choose. If if we we have a so so for example, we're very interested in curating in healthcare environments because that's another thing we think is coming up as the big challenge. You know that eventually, in an ideal world, you know. We, we, all of that will benefit the way we we live, what all the well-being. We talked a bit about it over lunch here again. Um, I think we've got time for two more questions. If that's okay, I'm going to have one off. Um, I'm really interested. You've got this kind of quite sophisticated uh, model for knowledge exchange, fundamentally. Yes. What kind of valuations? Do you have any metrics beyond kind of job outcomes for the students? looking at tracking how that knowledge is moving around? Right, well mercifully for me, DreamLab is monitored and evaluated by a very extensive British Council process for the simple reason it's government money. They invested a huge amount, I think the first DreamLab was like half a million pounds they spent on it, and so they evaluate it in terms of you know, they, they, they take samples, they interview, they, they get feedback and responses. So the evaluation side of it, we've just started our Africa project, and I'm. I have allocated, from, in a, a, t a tiny budget, a small amount of money because I, accept what you're saying. The evaluation now, it's no good, and and also I don't get any more money if I haven't done it. So the whole package, has forced me to grow up a little bit, a, bit, a little bit more the bigger professional picture that I'm trying to impress upon my students, you know, I have to lead that as well and that's, that's part of it. Um, so we know quite a lot about the Science Dream Lab evaluation from, which came through last year, in well, no, 2010, the end of 2010. So I don't know if that is answers it, Hugo. Yeah, no, absolutely, I think that's, um, that's very useful. Um, and is there one last question to close up with? It's tea time. It's tea time. Yeah. Like you mentioned okay. metrics and people start leaving. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you. Thank you very much.